0: Thank you very much for joining us today on this, uh, another board co- podcast on the topic of net zero. Um, my name is Emma Piercey and I lead on the engine Climate Change Policy Work here at the Food and Drink Federation. And really, I mean, today it, it's really to, in my mind, to, to unpack um, some of the uh, elements of the net zero by 2040 ambition that we announced just last week on the 27th of April. This is such a broad uh, topic and of course you know this topic it covers a lot of departments you know and areas of working at FTF so I'm really pleased to have with me today uh, two of my colleagues, uh, Caroline, who leads um, our industry growth team, and Amy Glass, uh, who leads on our sustainable healthy diets work. And so together with them, uh, we're going to to have a chat uh, about uh, about this net zero piece of work and uh, and indeed, you know, our, our areas of common interest. So, yeah, welcome, um, Caroline and Amy. Let, let's, um, let's have a, a good place to start uh, would be uh, some introductions. So, um, Caroline, could you could you just maybe start with an introduction and um, and to tell us a little bit about what you're working on at the moment? My name is Caroline Kihan. I'm FDF's Head of Industry Growth.
1: And our team is very much focused on, as it says, enabling glo- uh, growth in food and drink with a particular focus on skills, innovation and exports. And we are very much focused around removing barriers to growth. So looking at, for example, the cumulative impact of regulation and more recently, the sort of increased trade friction we're seeing given um, Brexit. Me specifically, I'm currently working on sort of our longer term positioning on growth. Now that we're starting to emerge from Brexit and COVID, I wouldn't say that we're we're entirely there yet, um, but we're starting to develop our thinking around, you know, what does the economic recovery look like for food and drink manufacturing? Where do we think the future growth will come over the next decade? And what do we need from government to support this? Um, so I'm hoping that, that I can say a bit more about this over the coming months um, as we start to set out our economic ambitions for the next decade. Um,
0: and that's head of a remit. <laughs> Amy, um, could you introduce yourself, please, and uh, and your work on sustainable healthy diets? Thank
2: you for inviting me today. Um, so I'm the Diet and Health Policy Manager for FDF. So as you might expect, that covers all things to do with the government's obesity strategy um, in England, Scotland and Wales, and the PHE reformulation programmes, which are um, a large area of our team's focus. Um, separate to that, I'm also leading on FDF's work on sustainable healthy diets, working closely with our sustainability team here at FDF, and also coordinating our work on the National Food Strategy, which we're expecting some work on this year um which is quite an interesting area covering lots of different policy areas
0: great thank you both well i suppose then let's let's link in now to the, the net zero piece um caroline let's let's start with you i mean with the um, announcement last week what's your sort of initial take on on how you feel that this net zero uh, piece uh, impacts your area and yeah. you know potential overlaps common areas of interest
1: yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I think it's just you know fantastic to see the food and drink industry come together and set out an ambition to, to transition to net zero. And I think, you know, there's huge crossover with with the work that we do on industry growth um as i said you know we're starting to think about what what does that look like in the future yeah, but for us i think it's very much you know it's not growth at any cost um you know we want to see a sustainable growth that delivers for the environment that delivers you know for the health of the nation and we also want to see inclusive growth um you know very much focusing on not just large businesses but small businesses the fact that you know you've got businesses represented right across the uk So for us, it's about sort of building, uh, you know, sort of an ambition for growth in the future, but sort of delivering some of those big policy goals. Mm. Um, And I know that government are also recognising this. Um, You you might have recently seen um, its plan for growth that was published back in March. And again, it's developing, it's sort of focusing on three strategic policy goals around levelling up the country, developing a more outward-looking global Britain. But the third area is around the transition to net zero. And we are very much, you know, we feel that food and drink is critical to this. You know, we've got an important role to play as the largest manufacturing sector. You know, we will be able to deliver this levelling up of the country through skills, through jobs, through innovation, but also support on the Global Britain initiative. So around, you know, our international trade, importing ingredients, exporting food and drink around around the globe. But again, the net zero point, you know, we feel that we've got a huge part to play, not just as manufacturing, but also right across the food supply chain. So working with agriculture, working with the retail sector, hospitality, hospitality you know, I think government are keen hopefully to work with us on this because we, we do have an important
0: role to play. And In fact, I, I think what you've said there really highlights it, this whole uh, farm to fork value chain, you know, and, yeah. you know, as manufacturers sitting in the middle, you know, we, we really, you know, bring all those together. And I, I think I think actually a couple of things that you touched upon there, you know, around innovation, for example, uh, mm-hmm. and actually, you know, you also mentioned about, um, uh, you know, importing and exporting. For me, actually, that's a, it's a good thinking to, to, to Amy and uh, and your work, um, Amy, in, in terms of you know what you see with, with net zero how, how do you how do you see this as potentially impacting some of your work um, around diets and and maybe maybe also in terms of innovation
2: Yeah, I think it's um, obviously a really key area that we're all going to have to work closely together on and it's impacting on different teams across FDF and and across our membership. I guess in relation to um, diet and health specifically will be the drive to reduce consumption of carbon intensive foods, um, like you mentioned around red meat and dairy. Um, But they're It's quite complicated because there's many different definitions of what a sustainable healthy diet should look like and how to achieve better health outcomes for both uh, the population and for the planet. Um, But obviously members and uh, many manufacturers are already working with retailers to try to think about ways to shift people to a more sustainable healthy diet in line with, um, for example, the Eat Well Guide recommendations. But I think a real challenge will be um, balancing the health and environmental benefits that have many trade-offs and challenges for industry and consumers. Um, So, for example, just sort of understanding that a plant-based diet might not necessarily be a healthy one um, and recognising that whilst we may need to reduce um, meat and dairy consumption to a degree to help achieve net zero, recognising the important role that these uh, food groups can play in supporting people to achieve uh, nutritional recommendations. Um, So, I think it's a a very complex area when you sort of start to bring together health and sustainability in this way.
0: And and then of course, you know, with what you're talking about industry growth, I mean, it's, it's just huge. Um, I mean, what what are your thoughts in terms of impacts on from the COVID pandemic on this and how this may be links into a green recovery? Yeah. So I think,
1: you know, well it's it's been a really difficult gosh probably two years if if not more given you know we have had some challenges around brexit and then more recently the the pandemic um so i think businesses are just still really just trying to kind of get through that period and I think we're starting to kind of see some light at the end of the tunnel. So I think businesses are slowly sort of emerging and, and just trying to kind of look to the future, you know, what, what does that look like? Um, you know, what does this green recovery actually mean in practice? Um, so I, I think, you know, it's, we're starting to kind of emerge from, from, as I said, from the pandemic, but also, you know, trying to look to opportunities now f- for growing their businesses. Um, so, Yeah, I think with the green, I think, I think the green sort of uh, recovery, I think, businesses are keen to understand what does that mean in practice Mm. um so what are the business opportunities because i think at the moment it just seems like quite a huge challenge particularly for your small businesses i think it's you know how do they sort of um you know change their manufacturing processes what what are the things that they need to do now in order to transition to this net zero future and what
0: are the opportunities i guess for that yeah I mean, I think there's a couple of things. I think, you know, Amy mentioned a good point around, you know, around alternative proteins and, you know, potentially there's some sort of developing markets uh, and new products there. But I think, you know, again, as you say, when it comes to sort of then existing manufacturing processes and, and how do you, you know, you decarbonize those on-site emissions. Mm. Indeed, you know, SMEs need, in particular, I think, need a lot of help and I think I think you know on that note I think you know you know what government is doing at the moment around uh, creating or putting together the SME climate hub and you know we we actually did a podcast recently with Ed Lockhart at Broadway and with him um they have uh, set up a zerocarbonbusiness.uk website which is you know it's also looking at providing support um, to SMEs in particular so I think you know and I, I was, so and of course Andrew Griffith last week, who gave the keynote um, at our uh, ambition launch, you know they very much focus and sort of understand you know those challenges that that SMEs have. So I suppose we yeah. have a bit of a dual purpose here of you know being able to to point in the right direction where there is support, but also those opportunities that you, that you've talked about as well. And Emma, I mean just on on this support that government are pro- providing,
1: I think for the. And even, you know, when you look at the plan for growth, there, there looks like there's sort of huge pots of funding available to kind of support this transition to net zero. But I think for your, you know, f- for your smaller business, it's almost, yes, they they potentially do need some financial support to help them um, with their investments in, in this area. But I think it's it's also the the knowledge and expertise it's sort of being able to kind of have this one stop shop to go out to go and speak to somebody to kind of better understand how they go about this really so it's 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 kind of twofold it's the financial support but it's also the mentoring the knowledge the expertise that that side of things
0: Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, hopefully, you know, as part of our roadmap project that we'll be able to help deliver on that, because one of the key deliverables will be a sort of handbook for businesses. So uh, we're currently, um, you know, as per the launch, we've we've started this this project and working with Three Keel. And then we we plan to to launch the the final roadmap and you know accompanying document and handbook at, at COP twenty six. So hopefully, combined, you know, w- with the resources that government and others are providing, we'll we'll get um we'll make some good progress there. I I think one thing we we've t- briefly touched upon um is this national food strategy. I, I'm just wondering. I mean, um, Amy, could you perhaps. Provide some comments on on how you see this national food strategy relating to to the net zero piece. Just to give a bit of background um,
2: as to when this all sort of came about. So uh, in 2019, Michael Gove appointed Henry Dimbleby to undertake an independent review of the food system. And he did deliver a part one report last year, which was very much focused on some of the urgent recommendations he felt needed to be made around COVID-19, EU exit and obesity. Um, But we are expecting his part two report this summer, which is due to have a bit more of a broader focus on health and environmental issues. So net zero is going to be a key focus of uh, this next report. Um, In relation to the environment side, we expect that Henry Dimpleby will explore issues around climate and nature and that his recommendations will be consistent with the 2050 net zero target and the recommendations of the Climate Change Committee. Um, And obviously we know from the Climate Change Committee that they've made a number of recommendations relating to land use and net zero, including the need to reduce food waste and consumption of beef, lamb and dairy, which are some of the issues we've already sort of chatted a little bit about. So I guess we kind of expect the same uh, sort of areas to be covered in Henry's uh, report this summer. Um, But also I think just it's important to note that um, Henry Dimbleby's report is just one input to government on what the national food strategy for England should cover. Um, The Food and Drink Sector Council, uh, which for those of you who may not be familiar with it, is a formal partnership between government and industry representing the Agri food chain, Um, will also be preparing its own report to be published this summer. Um, And this report will very much focus on the key areas that we believe the food chain can make a difference and work to deliver the aspirations of government and society on these important issues, including, of course, net zero. Um, So obviously, subsequent to all of these various inputs to government, um, we will then uh, be seeing a white paper from government on the National Food Strategy for England, which is due six months later. So we're expecting that around early 2022.
0: Goodness, yeah. there's just so much going on, um, yeah. c- Caroline. Um, I don't think I'm not sure if you mentioned the um, the National Food Strategy when you did your initial intro, but I mean, what yeah. what are your takes on that, in in, in relation to you know you know you're leading the the industry growth team.
1: Yeah, well, it, again, it's been something that we've been calling for for many years. I think this with food and drink, there's so many different policy areas that impact our industry. And we have so many different sort of interactions with various government departments, you know, the likes of DEFRA, Department for Health and Department for Transport even at times, um, uh, bays. So I think for us, we really want to see a holistic approach. Um, to government policy making, and we feel that the National Food Strategy is is an opportunity to do that, to really look at, and I hate this expression, but this sort of systems approach where, you know, if you pull one lever over here to, to you know, to kind of create some sort of um, policy change here that it doesn't create a negative impact elsewhere, so I think, um, you know, we're really pleased to see um, the government will will be delivering a white paper in early 2022. Um, and we're keen to obviously, we've been working with Henry Dimbleby's team, and uh, we will be working with government over the coming months on this, as Amy has just said. Um, I think for us, we're keen, you know, we're obviously keen to see Henry Dimbleby's report in July. And uh, the focus around environment and health is the right you know, the right decision. But I think for us, we would also like to see that economic piece coming through. And um, so to, you know, to ensure that there's a focus on um, growth, um, on jobs and, you know, skills, upskilling the workforce, um, you know, having a more skilled and diverse workforce, we, we really like to see those areas um, focused in the National Food Strategy.
0: I mean, you make some great points then. And what makes me reflect it is, you know, your, your term around, you know, needing a holistic strategy on this. And of course, Actually, that's what we need for net zero as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, bringing you both together today, we, we, we've seen that, you know, there are a lot of areas of, of your respective work areas that, you know, touch upon this net zero subject and are really integral parts. But I think, you know, from the policy perspective, actually, we have elements of the national food strategy, of course, the in- industry growth strategy. At Bays, uh later in the year, we'll be publishing their net zero strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have HM Treasury doing a report into the cost of meeting net zero. So the for the net zero case, there's a lot of different touch points, and and I think there's going to be a lot of work that we need to do to. To get that holistic approach in there because of course you know we've been talking about diets we've been talking uh, about um well actually how industries can, can can survive this this Covid crisis and 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 grow and and be prosperous at the same time as meeting all these environmental uh, ambitions it's mm-hmm. uh, it's gonna take a lot of cooperation of course many different stakeholders across governments and others um but it's a start it's it's a start and I suppose that's what we're that's what we're we're doing at FDF as well to help, you know, pull that together.
1: No, so just on that point, that collaboration, I think that is the thing. You know, government can't do this alone. We can't do this alone. We need to work together on this. And even if I take, you know, again Obviously, I you know skills and innovation, I see those as key enablers to deliver net zero. Um, and We would like to see, we've got a great example of collaboration with FDF Cymru and um, the Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre Partnership in Wales, where they're going out to businesses, kind of look at the factory, sort of look at potential challenges and how you can adopt sort of new technologies or emerging technologies to kind of create solutions to those problems and it's really, it's just really working well, and we would like to see more of that, we would like to see that kind of, that sort of approach right across the UK, Um, so I would, you know, really be keen to work with government on that, um, to kind of support businesses, particularly smaller businesses, you know, you start to
0: use some of these new technologies as we transition to net zero. I, I, I think that, that's that sounds fantastic, and and actually, to be honest, I, I think that's also a, a really good place to to bring our discussion now to a close. Because of course, you've hit the nail on the head there around needing collaboration and around support, and uh, and this year is going to be, I think, you know, a really crucial one uh, with all the different strategies coming, and 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 of course up 26 um uh, in november as well um i think just just to, in that case to, to bring things to to a close and um, just to let our our listeners know that um in terms of the net zero piece we'll have a, a big program of webinars and podcasts to come with our professional affiliates and on, on all things net zero related so please do keep an eye on our, on our website on our events page and of course we also have our fdf convention on the 20th of may where we'll have um, a session on net zero two um so um yeah just to say uh, th- thank you thank you again and thank you amy thank you caroline for joining me today and i look very much forward to, to future podcasts with you both as well <laughs> thank you guys thanks emma thanks emma thank you for listening to this fdf podcast fdf is the voice of the food and drink industry supporting our members with the expertise to develop grow and strengthen their business to learn more about how we can help your business, contact us at members.enquiries at fdf.org.uk. There's no better time to become an FDF member.